I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Kids' friendships can be tricky. As parents, it's heartbreaking to watch them struggle with this. Either we rush in and try to protect them from every hurt and rejection, or we throw our hands up and we just let them figure it out on their own. Neither of these approaches will set them up for future success in relationships. However, instead, as parents, we can teach them how to be good friends, help them manage complicated feelings, and equip them for the complexities of friendship so that they grow from these experiences. Today, I'm with my friends Noelle Rhodes and Alana Kuwabara to talk about this topic more. Today, we're going to be talking about teaching our kids about friendship. And I think for many of us, we don't know how to do that, or we don't have a plan to do that, Mm -hmm. or we just, we are letting them figure it out as they go along. And so I wanted to do this episode because it's important that my kids have good friendships. And when I think about my girls, their biggest struggles are with their relationships. It's the thing that can make or break them. It's the thing that, you know, is the difference between them having a good week and a bad week, thinking their life's over or thinking that they have a wonderful world ahead of them. (laughs) You know, and I even see my son start to like not be sure how to navigate certain situations. So I, I want to do this episode because I want us to talk about this topic so that we can be proactive in what we're teaching our kids um, about friendship and, you know, giving, equipping them so they can decide who they want to be to, when they show up in their relationships. Mm, yeah. So let's start off. Noelle, you can go first and let's talk about some of these cringy things that we see in our kids' friendships. There's <sighs> so many things. Okay. I'm going to go with one. <laughs> I think that one cringy thing that I see, and my kids are teenagers, so there's that. But (laughs) even even younger, I've seen this, where kids are not really like having real conversation face-to-face anymore. It's all via text or digitally. It's cringy because what I see is that they'll, they'll kind of have these like, you know, important conversations, deep conversations through text. But when they're like, face to face, they're like, they can't talk. (laughs) And I know I mean, just, it's a little, it's kind of like, okay, you need to know how to like open your mouth and speak. And I think, you know, first of all, lots of things can be said over text and you, you, you can say a lot of things that you don't mean to say. It could be misunderstood because there's no tone, volume, body language, all these things that really inform what's being said is not there. You know, also, I think there's a little bit lack of self-control when it's via text, but Mm -hmm. I see that and I'm just kind of bummed. It's like the lost art of conversation. And I've been kind of really trying to get better at working at my kids. Like, look, I want to see you have, if you're going to, if you're going to go talk to your friend and talk to me on text, go meet them somewhere, go for a walk and share the same air. It will, Mm -hmm. it will bring you closer together. So that's why. Or even call them. They're like, no, I can't call them. Call them. You're waiting for a text. It's time sensitive. Call them. them. Yes. No one wants to make a phone call anymore. (laughs) Well, I've seen my daughter and her friends literally. So we went through a season where I wasn't really pleased with some of the things that they were um, 
posting on their social accounts from my house. You know, they, some other mom had called me to say, just to let you know, like, so-and-so did this like inappropriate thing. And I could see it was your basement. And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So I went through the season where I had this rule that floors needed to stay on the main floor. Even mm-hmm. if you're not my child, you can't bring them upstairs. You can't bring them downstairs. Yeah. Like and that. even, you know, and they, they were kind of giving me a hard time and I go, well, let's just say we're not going to be making any appropriate, inappropriate videos at my house anymore. And they were like deer in a headlight. Oh my gosh. And this was, a, this was, you know, maybe this was middle school, sixth grade. I don't remember. And is this middle schoolers? I know. That's so they, they started, uh, they, you know, they would leave, you know, I got to the point where I joked around with them enough and they would leave them on the counter or like I made a bucket or whatever, but they would almost choose to spend their time on the main floor, uh, sitting next to each other on the couch, under a blanket on their phones, not talking to each other, like hanging Mm -hmm. out was hanging out on their phones with each other. And I literally was like, girls, give me your phones and go outside. Yes. Like, that lost skill of interacting with one another. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, it does not set you up for good, good friends, friendships. So crappy friendship memories you're making there. Yeah. What did you I won't do even remember that? Middle school. Oh, I sat mm-hmm. my phone and looked at TikTok and Pinterest for hours while they mm-hmm. looked at theirs. Mm-hmm. It's boring. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And I think part of this and one of the point that I want to bring up the thing that I think is cringy, cringy is not knowing how to be there for one another mm. it's it's yeah. like another lost skill not knowing how to communicate not knowing how to enjoy and be present with that person because of technology but I think that you know I saw my daughter we had a loss in our family similar to Noel to what you shared before um, a loss of a grandparent unexpected sudden and my, my daughter's friends literally didn't know how to be there for her. Yeah. They ghosted yeah. her that weekend because yeah. I think they were just like, I don't know what to do. And so they went and they went and had fun without her and it was devastating. And I think part of it is they just don't know how to empathize. They don't mm-hmm. know how to just be sad with one another. I think part of like going back to technology and I don't want to make technology the bad guy because there's so many amazing things about it, right. but it, it's limited our ability for empathy because we're always on it looking for that next dopamine hit of like, what's going to make me feel happy. What's going to like excite me. What's going to take my mind off of what's really happening in my present life and in my present relationships. And so, you know, it's unfortunate because her friends didn't know how to be there for her. And I don't know. And I think back to, okay, what are the lessons I've taught my daughters or my son even like, have I taught them what to do when a friend's going through a, a rough time, when they've lost somebody, when their parents are going through the, a divorce? Have I taught them how to walk alongside somebody when they, you know, things don't go the way they expected? And I'm not sure that I have. And so having been on the other end of that experience, I am often reminding my kids, what would you want someone to do for you if you were in that situation? And can you now do that for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. I, what about I you, think Lana? we can. Oh, oh. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was going to say that I, I, you know, my kids are seven and 10 and they don't have social media. You know, they do. Obviously they go, they watch TV and 
they're allowed, like there's two YouTube channels that they're allowed to watch (laughs) under my supervision, very locked down because we've, we've not been diligent in the past Mm. and, you know, but, but to, so technology isn't quite yet an issue for us, but I think giving your kids, you know, when your kids have different values than their friends, because of the values that you've instilled in them and the the values that their families instilled in them, that for me is really cringy. It's, and I talk like this when I'm talking to my kids about it, because I really have to measure my words in describing to them like, well, this, they do things this way and we don't do them that way. Mm. And you want to tell your kids why, but you also don't want to make them look down on someone else or, you know, think, oh, those people are crazy. Like, how do I impress upon you that the way that they're doing things is wrong? Like, and we don't, we're not going to do it that way because I don't think that that is right. But they're still your friend. So that's, that's always make it's cringy, literally cringy for me to have that, those kinds of conversations. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Noelle, it what are your thoughts trickier on that? As they get older too. Um, <laughs> have you come up against that too? Yeah. And as they get older, it's like, oh, wow, we really <laughs> way different values. Yeah. I think the divide gets greater. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, meaning that, like, when they're younger, I think there's some more commonalities. But as they yeah. get older mm. and their children are making decisions, there starts to be like radically different divides and opinions. Like, mm. you know, I think when when kids are younger, you know, in general, you can get most moms to say, "You can't bite, you can't push, you can't." Right. right. But as they get older, you know as a teenager, there's plenty of people who, as long as you're drinking in my house, you can drink. Well, that's yeah. not what we do at my house. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm just like the, 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 the differences start to really become greater. And so that those, you have those conversations are ongoing. How do you be but friends? Hopefully, with yeah. Hopefully you've listened to this podcast and your family <laughs> culture is very strong. Yes. Yeah. They just know. <laughs> they just know that they're not to be drinking until they black out, even if they're in someone's house where there's an adult. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, Noelle, start us yeah. off. What do you want your kids to know about friendships? If you would say, what are, what are the gaps in their knowing? <laughs> what should they know? Yeah. I think there's two things. And the first thing is, Friendship needs to be intentional. It's not organic. I think that's the big lie that we all grew up with watching television, you know, watching, <laughs> we must watch Friends. Sex in the City. Oh. Friends, the TV show Friends, it's like, oh, it's, it just happens and everybody hangs out together. And it's, you know, it's, it's a lie. It's a friendship fantasy. 
I think what <laughs> um, I want my kids to know is that if you want to be friends and you want to have good, healthy friendships, you have to actually work at that. And it doesn't just happen mm-hmm. overnight. It's not magical. It's not organic. That social connection, that spark of like, oh, I might like you. Like we have similar interests or we get on. That's organic. But the actual mm-hmm. friendship, you've got to mm-hmm. be like, oh, I want to be friends with this person. So I should spend time with them. I should talk with them. I should take a chance and invite them to do something with me. So that's number one. And I think that needs to be spoken out to our kids. I know mm-hmm. no one never told me and I was greatly disappointed, even as an adult going, well, why don't I have any friends? And it was because I was just waiting for it to happen. The second thing I think is really important, particularly with kids, is that you need to have two types of friends in your life. Friends who are similar to you in some ways, maybe similar interests, similar values, similar personalities, because those people will make you feel comfortable. But I also think in equally important, you have friends who are not like you, who are different, because mm-hmm. those friends will make you grow. And so I think that what the temptation is, particularly I see this in elementary and middle school age and high school, I think things change in college a little bit, but we just kind of stick with people who play the sport, same sport as us, maybe same reading group as us, mom moms are in the same book club and and that's good that's that kind of like you know natural social spark but i think we need to really help our kids get comfortable with making friends with folks who are not like them mm-hmm. and you know that takes a great deal of bravery and security but i think parents can really aid that and i you know i mean I always want my kids to know too, like just because someone's not like you doesn't mean they're not going to be, they they may actually be the best friend you have in your life. Mm -hmm. And so that's, those are kind of my two main things. I've got a million things in my head, but those are the two ones I'm focusing on right now with the season life my kids are in is friendship is not organic. It needs to be intentional. And also you need friends who are like you, but also friends who are different than you. You need both. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to comment on the one, the one thing about being intentional. You know, my son's, one of my son's closest friends now goes to a different school. He goes to a private school and we still live right down the block from them. But I explained to him, I'm like, you're going to feel a distance between you two, but you have to on purpose Mm -hmm. get together with him. You're going to have to call him. You're going to have to make an effort. Don't be offended by him not making an effort. Because again, I don't think as grownups, we miss this. We don't, and as exactly. kids, we certainly don't know this, but I explained to him, he doesn't like you less. He's now on a different schedule. He's in a different carpool, yep. you know, and he plays a different sport. So, you know, you had to be intentional before, but now you're going to have to really be intentional because even though he's literally walking distance from our house, you're not going to see him as much and don't yeah. let that ruin the friendship. My kids had good friends that moved to this next town over again, like that, that, that I was so saddened when that relationship just went away overnight. And it was like, I thought for sure that these relationships would go on and they didn't. And it was crushing for them and it was crushing for us. And I, and I, I prayed about it. I was like, Lord, can we, you know, what do we do about this? Because it breaks my heart. And part of it was us making the effort. And and I do think, you know, honestly, right after I did that prayer, it was like three days later and their nanny called and said, Hey, like Mike, we haven't seen you guys in forever. Can our kids come over? And so Mm. like, it's heartbreaking to see them interpret that as rejection, which can often happen when when there's a change in that relationship. So I guess if I were to like 
<clears throat> segue into what I wanted to say was that if there is a change in your status, it doesn't mean the relationship is over. My daughter, when she went from, so in our, in our district, we have pre-K through second grade, and then it's another building is third through six. And then, and then they, okay. So we have two K through second grade buildings. They funnel into the third through six building, and then they funnel up into the middle school and the high school. So it's a very small district. But what I saw with her was that from second grade to third grade, when she got to third grade, all of a sudden the girls from our side of town were not in her classes. She was in a lot of classes with kids she didn't know. So she really thought that she couldn't be friends with her old friends anymore. Mm. And I saw those relationships dissolve. And again, going back to intention, like it's, you can still be her friend. Like you can still, she doesn't have to be in your class. It doesn't have to be organic. She doesn't have to be in your life every day, all the time for you to maintain that friendship. And so a lot of her struggle was just encouraging her. Like they're still your friends. Like go, go catch up with them when they're walking away from school, ask them to come over. Like nothing should change just because you're not in the same class. And that was a lesson I really, I wanted her to learn. And I think it took her a really long time to learn that because of insecurities. And then that leads into, again, very similar to what you said, but that led us to other conversations. So when my daughter had, she started a book club, I think like in second or second grade, and then maybe third, fourth, fifth grade. And it was interesting because she had these girls that were willing to come over and do this book club with her. And she, I think it might've been the transition to middle school, middle school, but she decided to invite her friends that she ate with at her lunch table into the book club. Well, it didn't take long for the book club to fall apart because these girls wanted to read books that the rest of the girls did not want to read. Right. They, They were happy reading their like beach reads. And these girls wanted to read these books about like feminism and women's roles in the world. And like the girls in the group were like, yeah, we're not going to read that. And so, so I had to teach my daughter, you know, you can have a book club and it doesn't need to be your BFFs that you sit with at lunch. You can have different groups of friends where Mm -hmm. it, it revolves around a common interest. And that common interest is what keeps you together, but you don't, it doesn't have to be, your friends don't have to be your everything friends. You know, yeah. she had a cooking club for a while, which was so fun. And the and the brilliance of that cooking club was that, again, it was something we started when she was very young. And as people got into their distinct friend groups, they separated, you know, you right. had the, the girls in the lacrosse team and you had the girls in here and you had the girls in here. And, and at one point, one of the moms came over one day and she's like, how did you get these group of girls together? Like they, they are not in the same friendship group. Like she was so surprised. And I was like, but they love cooking together. Like to see them bond over this and know that they would probably never hang out at school or probably won't be at the same parties was just, it was wonderful. It was beautiful. And I don't think that they expected more out of each other because they shared that common interest. So, so knowing that you can have different friends and different buckets that meet different needs with different interests is like, you know, (laughs) no, nobody tells you this. Mm-hmm. Nobody, it's not in any TV show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm still learning that too, you yeah. know, for sure. All right, Alana, what about you? Two things you want your kids to know about friendship. Oh, you, you did say two, didn't you? But you can give me three. 
or four? <laughs> well, actually, one really just ties into what you both were saying, which is just that it's normal for friendships to look different in different seasons and to mm. change. And that's normal. I think for kids to know that is really helpful because then you eliminate that rejection yeah. and worry and, you know, all of that to just know like it that that's okay. I mean, I've yeah. lived all over the place and I saw if like my three other friends were like OGs. We've been, you know, together for a long time and our lives are vastly different from each other. But we're still friends. And it's but it's also that different friends for different interests thing. So just mm-hmm. totally backing up what you both said. We're all on the same page on that one. Another one is that a real, I put it this way, that a real friend is active and thinks of friendship the same way that you do. You know, a, a real friend is going to reach out. You're not always going to be chasing them down to spend some time with them. And they're going to have the same kind of standards of, you know, what, what does it look like for us to maintain a friendship? Does that mean, cause like I have friends who basically our entire friendship is just memes, you know, right? <laughs> just, we just send each other memes and then occasionally we catch up on, you know, life milestones and things that have happened. And that works because we both understand that that's the relationship. And I, I've noticed that where I sense a strain in relationships and friendships is where I have a different definition of what I think our friendship should be mm-hmm. and th- then what they do. And it can go both ways. You know, one person can feel like this is fine. And while the other person feels like I'm chasing you down all the time to, to hang out with you and I'm not well, then my defiance disorder kicks in. I'm like, I'm not doing that. You know, are, or you think that you're giving them space or, you know, you got the mixed right. signals, whatever it is you got, the two of you have to like, just get on the same page or right. you have to kind of feel that out. See, especially with like my daughter's 10, my, my son, this is not like an issue. If the other boy plays Fortnite, that's good enough for him. He could be 12 years old. Like that's great. We're, we're friends. Right. Um, it's very simple for him still. And he's always been very just joyful and outgoing. And he used to say to me, like, even when he was, you know, three or four, we'd be going to the playground. He'd say, I'm going to make a friend today. <laughs> he's just always been like that I didn't teach him that so but my daughter is very she assesses situations and she before she'll get into it and she'll decide if this is something she wants to get involved with and so she's been like that since she was a toddler so you know, just trying to, trying to pick up, trying to teach her to see how does this person that you want to be friends with, how do they act with their other friends? 
that you know they're already friends with them. You want to be friends with them. What's that dynamic like? And, you know, kind of try to go from there. And then this kind of goes along with this with it, but that your a real friend has the same principles that you do. And that maybe values is a better word, but it kind of goes back to the cringy thing, you know. Mm. I've it's it's rare for us to meet families that have the same parenting values that we do. And so, you know, I want her to, I desperately want her to have a friend. Just one is fine, you know? Yeah. They they are both allowed to watch the same kind of shows. And they both, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be that you both, you know, like art or that you both like the same kinds of activities, but that you're being raised in the same kind of way that you, you both are going to help a kid who falls down and gets hurt, you know? So the, and the, 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 like the opposite of that is if somebody doesn't have those same values as you, then they're not a real friend. And this is something that I've had to teach my daughter that you're not missing out on friendship with someone who's a bully or who is mean to you or talks down to you or plays games that you think are too, that are dangerous or that they're, you know, this was a problem at a school that she went to. The kids would be playing this game at recess. And she's like, mom, this game is like dangerous. And they're like, someone's going to get hurt. And it's stupid on top of that. And like, and so, you know, I have found out that she was sitting by herself at recess. Mm. And so we had to have this conversation and I just said, look, we all get to choose and you've decided to make the choice that you're not going to play this game and that you're going to sit out. What would be better? Would it be better for you to play a game that you're uncomfortable playing that you don't like, but so that you're not sitting by yourself? Or would it be better for you to sit by yourself, not playing a game that you don't want to be playing? And she was like, well, I'd rather sit by myself. And I said, then that's fine because you've made a decision based on your principles. Right. You're not missing out. It's not like if you were playing that game, you'd be having fun. If you were playing that game, you would be having a terrible time. You have compromised what you really wanted. and you might've gotten hurt. So you're actually not missing out. That's good. And for her to kind of understand that when you're living your life that way, you know, you're not going to have a, a, a gaggle of friends. You're going to have yeah. very specific friends who think the same way that you do. And I would much rather she had that than had a bunch of superficial girl gang of all these girls that are putting social pressure on her that she doesn't even want to be involved in. Yeah. That leads me to a myth that I want my kids to know friendship is not. Mm -hmm. Friendship is not the measure of your worth. So Mm, who you're friends with, how many friends you have, whether or not you're invited, has nothing to do with your value. And, you know, 
It feels very much like that though. We get a lot of our cues of, are we doing okay? Are we cool enough? You know, am I, am I weird by who we're friends with or, you know, mm-hmm. do we get invited or, you know, who mm-hmm. we see with lunch? And I get that, but I think we do as parents earlier than middle school, earlier than fourth grade, I'll even say, need to tell our kids, it's not the measure of your worth. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not good to be alone. That's not, you know, God said that, not me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need community, but it's also not the measure of your worth. And if it becomes that, then you're going to be sucked into a lifelong addiction of people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And you're never going to really be who you are meant to be and who God created you to be. And you're never actually going to be happy because you can't make everybody happy. And you're going to always feel terrible about yourself. So friendship yes is important it gives us life it's it's so important but it's not where we get our worth from that's from jesus because there's going to become there is going to be times just as the example you gave is you might be sitting by yourself Mm -hmm. because you've chosen what whatever is going on is not something that you want to be part of that doesn't mean that you're not worthy you don't value you know what i mean so that's something i think so I think as Christians, we actually really suck at like explaining this to our kids, but we really need to kind of get better at being like, it's not the measure of your worth. Mm-hmm. Jesus loves you, period. You have value, you have purpose, you have something, y- your existence is critical. And this is so important because, you know, cyberbullying is like insane right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just e- even in my own ne- neighborhood, I heard of like three kids that were str- that were struggling with suicidal thoughts, all of them mm. under the age of fifteen. That's yeah. very young. Why? Yeah. Social stuff. Yeah, friendship stuff. And so my point is, we it, we've got to t- teach our kids it is not the measure of your worth. That's good. That's good. So I want to back up a bit because Alana, you had you had some really good points, and I'm going to put Noelle you on the spot because I know you've talked about this. For those of you who don't know, Noelle had a podcast uh, that's called Friending. And I know that you dealt with this in one of the episodes. So I'm going to ask you the question. Different seasons, right? Friendships, sometimes friendships, their season runs out. I did hear a statistics that like the average span of a friendship is seven years. Yep. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I certainly are grateful that I've had friends past that point, but I've had to really work hard. It, it, it's not because it's naturally lasted right. that long. Right. So what, what can we teach our girls about, or any of our children actually, about grieving friendship? Like when the seasons changed, what do our kids need to know about loss? Even if it's a healthy loss. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think obviously it's important that like kids know this is normal and it's not like... It's normal, but I also think we can't like diminish it because it's normal and different friendships end for different reasons. So I think that it's important to say it's okay to feel bad and sad about this. So that's number one. It's a breakup and it's to some degree, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. it's an ending of something that you enjoyed. The, The other thing too, and I, I've done, you know, that podcast was really practical. So one of the things I used to do is tell people like, you just need to write some stuff out how you feel as you're processing it. Because especially with kids, they like 
get everything inside of them. And then what's in their head is so, so big. And mm-hmm. they'll have like all these imaginated, and we do this too, like, you know, imagine, imagined conversations or they'll fill in the gaps of why the friendship's over or, you know, think getting them to write it out and then talking about it with you is good. The other thing too, I think we just is really good to do is help the kids to identify the good parts of the friendship and the good memories. And that's the part you're going to honor and hold on to. Mm-hmm. And to really very intentionally be like, yo, this friendship's over. Now, again, this is different situations require different responses, but I've seen this where kids will try to gather a small army around them and turn everybody against the friend who has rejected them or is not talking to them as much and can't do that, you know, because, and I can't really, you and I've talked about this before too, you know, a friendship might just be over for right now, but you don't want to burn any bridges. Yeah. People mm-hmm. change. People can come back and say, sorry. So that's yeah. a big thing. And I think girls, I hate to say this, but girls are kind of like really bad at this. They'll like get on the group chat and be like, can you believe so-and-so? Is I'm never going to be friends with her again. And, and maybe the friendship is over for right now, but you can't gather a small army around yourself. It's better for you to focus on the positive. And I don't mean that in like a, patronizing way. I mean, like literally be like, okay, that was really awesome. We did this, this, and this together. And I love this and this about her. And I'm going to honor that. I'm going to focus on that, but I'm also going to have a healthy expectation that that level of closeness that we used to have is not there anymore. So I'm not going to put myself in a place where I'm going to feel constantly rejected because she doesn't text back or Mm -hmm. she doesn't invite me to her birthday party next year. I know. Okay. That season's over. And it's sad and it's hard, but I'm going to focus on what was good. And then I'm also going to move forward and make new friends. And I think what's when you don't grieve properly, mm-hmm. what happens is you, you get really closed off and you have trust issues in friendship. And you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I can be close to this person again, close to anybody again. So, I mean... I don't know if I answered your question, but I think a lot of it is not assuming your kids are going to know how to grieve a friendship loss. They probably feel Mm -hmm. like a loser. They probably feel really hurt. They probably feel confused. Mm -hmm. And there's this terrible thing I hear parents say all the time. And it's like, oh, just let kids work it out. I don't know. I think. I don't, I don't think you need, I think, I mean, I don't think you should be like helicoptering and managing everything, but I think if you see your kid is hurting because their friendship is over, well, would you ignore somebody who just broke up with her boyfriend? You know what I mean? If your if your daughter just broke up with her boyfriend, right? Wouldn't she be like, are you okay, honey? You know, you would be Let's like, go have some ice cream. <laughs> yeah. But like with her friends, we're like, I'll let them work it out, you know? And it's like, oh no, she's crying <laughs> herself to sleep every night and <sighs> having really unhealthy conversations with her other friends about it maybe this is an opportunity for me to lead and pastor my child, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think we need to kind of step in sometimes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love what you said about not burning bridges. I have definitely experienced that in my life where somebody that I was not friends with in college ends up in my life. And I'm like, who like post-college and you're like, right. who would have ever thought? And that's one thing that I've tried to teach my girls. And I think I've seen them actually live it out where someone they, it didn't work out with maybe an elementary school. They now sit with them in physics in high school. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe like 
like, wasn't the, it wasn't that, oh, we're never, ever going to be friends. It was just that that season was right. over. And I've always told her, don't burn your bridges. You don't know who's going to circle back in your life. You don't know if, you know, that person that you were, that you might've been mean or nasty to ends up going to the same college as you or <laughs> ends right. up, you know, uh, marrying your brother. Like, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. You never know. And so I think you do yourself a disservice by burning bridges. Yeah. And so I I've definitely have been teaching my kids that one because I think that's really important. You don't know, you know, and I think that there's their friendship cycle span is much shorter, but you just don't know. You feel like it's the end of the world and you're never that friend, that person is never going to be friends with me again. And then you're sitting next to each other in graduation, can't wait to hang out that night. You know, like there's just so many things that can happen over the course of time. And I think as parents, we can help our kids take us. We have that, we have the the bird's eye view and we can take a step back and say, this is, this is a long game. Like, especially when you live mm-hmm. in a community and you're, you're yeah. seeing people often, like it, it's sometimes it's not over. Sometimes it is. And sometimes it's not. So be careful how you treat that relationship. I just want to jump in again just two important things. One is obviously when, when your kid's grieving, teach them to pray and bring their grief to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I was just thinking too, I don't know why I feel like I need to say this because maybe there's a parent listening right now. If your kid is in a toxic, unhealthy friendship, mm-hmm. y- you can help them get out of that. And you really should. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been seeing this trend with parents who are like, oh yeah, that kid is like bad news. They're like, you know, this, this, and this, they make, they always say this to her. And, you know, now she's saying her legs are fat and, and you're like, and like, okay, kids say stupid stuff. Like, let's not get cuckoo about this, but you kind of know when somebody's just toxic. Right. Mm-hmm. And I see these parents being like, well, what am I going to do? They're friends. And you're like, I think you can help them limit the level of their closeness. Yeah, And I think you should have a conversation and obviously every age is something different, but what I have been noticing and, and as Kimberly mentioned before, like I had a podcast about this and I researched it, like toxic friendship really can be very damaging in many, many ways. And I don't want to get like all super serious and like sad and somber about this, but these kids who have been experiencing or kids who've taken their own life at a very young age, mm-hmm. a lot of them had toxic toxic friendships and you look and it's nothing to do with their family life. I mean, this is crazy, right? Has Mm -hmm. to do with these really toxic friendships. And if you know your kids in them, ask Jesus, number one, to do something to, you know, remove them out of that equation. Like something just like, Lord, just do it so that I don't have to. But if he's like, you need to, then I really do say, do not give in to what society tells you and culture tells you, oh, kids will be kids. This will mm-hmm. work out. Just, you know, girls are just bad in middle school. You know, boys could be boys. No, 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 no. If your kid is being abused by another person their age and it's in the name of friendship, step in and get them out because mm-hmm. they're too young to figure it out themselves. Yeah. And God will tell you, God will give you, he says in his word, if you ask for wisdom, I will give it to the, I'll give it to you generously mm-hmm. and ask without doubting. And I'm telling you, if this is you right now, who's like my kids in some, some messed up toxic friendship right now, go to Jesus, ask him to give you the plan to get them out. Cause they're young and they need you to help them. That's good. Sorry. I don't know why, but I felt like I had to say no. that. 
No, that's good it's because really it, it good. does it does touch on something I wanted to circle back to uh, as well. Alana, what you were saying about values, you brought, you brought that out twice now already. And I think it's super important. So do you have any practical things of what you've done to foster relationships with kids that have the same values or deter relationships in very motherly ways? Not, not like, I, I come across like, get them out like a spot. No, but that's, that's, uh, yes, obviously toxic. <laughs> swarm, swarm, swarm. Right. right. Get them out. Right. But I also, I don't want to be the parent that forbids a friendship or forbids, right. you know, I think that that toxic thing is legit. Um, yeah. but I know, like, I think of my parents went straight to forbid, are you forbidden to see them? And you know what right. that did? It made me stay with them longer than I should have. So I think, what are some I, practical I think, things we can do to help our kids steer in the right direction of the right kinds of friends? Right. I do think values are different than being like emotionally abused by yes. their yes. friends. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, this is something I'm still kind of figuring out, but a core principle for us as a family, you know, talking about family culture is leadership. So, you know, when my husband and I were campus pastors for two years and we put, you know, we wanted to put a reasonable expectation on our children. Hey, we're all building this thing together. And when you're in, you know, kids ministry, you're a leader. You're not the boss, okay, but you're a leader. And the way that we asked them to walk that out was to make friends with the kids who are there. And my daughter, because she's older and she's, her, her, you know, her personality, it just kind of lends itself to this a little bit more. You know, what I would tell her is if, if you see a new girl at, you know, at church on Sundays and in kids and she's by herself and she doesn't seem like she has any friends. I want you to go over there and, you know, make friends with her, ask her her name, make her feel welcome, make her feel comfortable. And, you know, that they were, well, she was, you know, seven, eight while this was going on. So we just have, we've just tried to instill in them a perspective of leadership that has been helpful navigating friendships, particularly where, you know, we're all doing life together. And I've even had this conversation with them, like, there's no getting out of this friendship. We're all in this together. So we're going to have to figure this out, even though they're allowed to do things at their house that we're not allowed to, you're not allowed to do here. Or, you know, they, a big one is, you know, I've, we've really tried to raise our kids as friends with each other and they're best friends. And that makes me very happy, but I obviously we all know a lot, you know, maybe even in our own families where siblings are not friends. But even at a younger age, you know, just a lot of yelling and slamming doors right. and you're not allowed in my room and all these right. kinds of things. Right. That does not fly in our house. No, right. no, 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 no. We share, we care, we help each other. 
you know, I didn't make this mess. Why do I have to help them clean it up? Because we're all helping. And, you know, we're, we're teaching each other and we're leading each other. So I've found that, you know, we talked about different kind of different types of friendships. So I've found that talking to the kids about how, you know, well, this is, maybe this person is not going to be your bestie, but you still both like to do X, Y, and Z together. And maybe you can even help your friend (laughs) be a better sister to their sister or their brothers. And so, but my daughter's also the police. So (laughs) she's going to a sleepover this weekend and we're trying to talk to her like, don't be a party pooper. Like, <laughs> like try to have fun. It, you know, everything doesn't have to be exactly to your preference. Some things are preference things and they're not principles, you know. If this is not necessarily going to be your bestie because you have such a different, like a disparate way of being, there still can be value in that relationship and maybe your the the most benefit that you can be in that relationship is to encourage your friends in those good principles because they're still little you know and there have been plenty of times where she said mom I had to tell her like you have to share with your sister or like you need to be nicer to your brother or you know whatever it is and so you know, right now that dynamic works, obviously, as you get older, you don't want to be the one wagging your finger in everybody's face. So I'm very like aware that like, I'm ready for that transition to happen. Like I'm trying to be aware of when that starts to happen within their friends as they start to get older. So two things I'm going to comment on. One, I love that you are teaching your kids to be friends, because I believe that if we can teach our children to be friends with one another, that lays an incredible foundation for what friendship is going to look like for them outside the home. And so we have an opportunity to literally train them in that. And so that when they go to the outside world and they meet people um, that don't live under their roof, that they are going to have tools because we've been teaching them to do it under our roof. Like it doesn't start when they go off to school and start meeting people. It happens in our own home. And um, the second thing I wanted to say is as you were talking and you talked about leadership. And to me, that was just speaks to intention, right? And as I was listening to you talk, I thought about, and I don't know if this is true. Noel, I don't know if this anybody's ever said this before, but it occurred to me, maybe I have heard it somewhere. But friendship is something we do. It's not something that happens to us, right? And mm-hmm. if we can grasp that concept, I yeah. think it'll be easier for us to not get so offended, to not feel mm-hmm. like so hurt, rejected. But if we're in that, that heart space of being a friend and doing friendship, mm-hmm. we won't be that victim of poor friendships or mm-hmm. the victim of kids who don't know how to do friendship. We'll be like, this is who I am. This is how I show up. This is how I do friendship. And I'm not, I'm not a victim of it, but I'm not like being tugged around by it. And then we're, we're, you know, riding this roller coaster of emotion because Mm -hmm. it's not stable. It becomes stable when we do it on purpose, as -hmm. opposed to just allow, uh, allowing our children and us ourselves to experience it instead. 
And when you think about your most treasured friendships as an adult, these are people that can speak into your life that can hold you accountable, that can give you encouragement, that can encourage you in, in good works, you Uh know? So I think that's, that's a good quality because I, you know, we hear this advice given to adults a lot that you should have in your circle. You should have people that are going to like hold you accountable and tell you like it is. And, and that, you know, they're going to celebrate you, but also that are going to hold up the mirror too. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a dynamic of a vibrant and healthy friendship. Otherwise, you know, it's a shallow friendship and those are good too. They have their place. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So myths, um, Alana, give us a myth of friendship that we, that our kids believe that we might've believed that just isn't true. I'm just going to do one and try not to repeat things that I've already said. You know, I think that there is a myth that it's kind of that the social pressure myth that the friendship is more important than the principle. And I've talked about, I talked about this earlier about, you know, my daughter being on the playground and again, I I think it's worth repeating actually that, you know, you're not, you're not missing out on something that wasn't good to be involved with anyway. Mm. And so, you know, the, the, that social pressure that happens where you're like, well, if I don't do this how do I look to my friends Mm. and what are they going to think of me? And I'm going to be left out and they're going to think I'm a weirdo and all all of those, you know, things that come at you. And suddenly this, the friendship gets elevated above right and wrong. (laughs) Like what, what's a good thing to do. It gets, it gets elevated above, you know, your family. (laughs) Yeah. And all of a sudden you've made these people who have put you in a position to feel uncomfortable, to make you want to compromise yourself, you know, a hundred negative things. You've made them more important to you than Jesus, than your parents, than, you know, and we've all been there. So yeah, this, that's, that's a myth because it's not true that that moment passes, you know, and what are you left with? Yeah. It's good. It's really good. I would say mine is, I guess it's a myth. So the myth would be that friendship is not about is so myth. Friendship is about competition, right? That's the myth. It's not about competition. Mm -hmm. So it's maybe less of a myth and more of a trap. I feel like, there's a competition can creep into friendships and Mm. if we're not careful, we can operate from that place. We see it with social media, you know, like why, why am I posting? Am I posting because I want people to see like what I'm doing and who I'm with. And then, and then they get on and they post what they're doing and who they're with. And, and, you know, we're not meant to compete with our friends. 
you know, and I, I've fallen into this trap. So I have one of my best friends from college. We were in our twenties together, you know, living on our own in Atlanta for the first time. And we were very much in the same stage of life where we were just trying to be better versions of ourselves. We were always talking about how we were doing new things, trying to, this is how I do it. And this is how I do it. And there was, it was, it was very life-giving, but it got to a point where there was this tension. And I would say that I didn't, she noticed it more than I did. Mm. And that, you know, and that doesn't mean that, you know, that just means she was maybe acutely aware of it. And I just was oblivious, whatever it was, but we would get into these conversations where I thought I was sharing my wisdom. And she thought that every time she shared something with me, I was sharing something in response and that she felt as though I was trying to one up her or tell her how I did it better. And so because the season of our life had changed, Mm. how we talked about the things that we were doing and how we were learning and how we were growing needed to change a little bit too. And so it had gotten to the point where, and I think we've, you know, when you have a conversation with somebody and they go, well, I experienced that too. And let me tell you about this, right? Like Mm -hmm. that is what you're not supposed to do in friendship. You need to ask a few questions and then maybe if it is right. And, or if they ask you, Hey, have you ever experienced that? Then you can jump in, but we tend to want to say me too all the time. And it becomes Mm -hmm. this one up thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So being mindful that friendship isn't a competition and that we don't have to do the same things. We don't have to relate the same things. We don't have to, a real friendship, a true friendship isn't about jockeying for position in a friendship Mm -hmm. group. So when you feel like there's a competition, nip that in the bud. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. And I even, I even find myself now I'm in a stage where my oldest is in college now. And I've, I've found that we all want to share, like, how's, how are they doing? Where did they go to school? How many times a week do you talk to them? And so Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I see this creeping into some of my conversations and I'm like, Oh, it's not a competition. How can we share our experience (laughs) without creating this? Like, Oh, well, my daughter calls me every day, you know, like that is not good friendship. And I want to, you know, our kids need to learn that. And we need to be mindful of that as we get older too. Like let's be mindful and watching out for those traps and yeah, don't let them take root and, and cause problems in our relationships. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap up with resources. So real quickly, I want you to tell me about some resources that you have helped you either teach your kids about friendship or has taught you about friendship. Noelle, you want to go first? Or you have a resource, so you can share that with us. (laughs) My dog is barking in the background. I have a resource that I actually created for myself many years ago, and (laughs) that's what you do. And it's taken different forms, but basically I have a a 30-day prayer calendar, 30 days of praying for your child's friendships. and. The link will be in the show notes, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's simple. It, it literally will take you like three three minutes a day. But I, I, you know, there's been seasons in both my kids' lives where they've struggled, felt alone, maybe some situation. We moved from a different country back to America where like they'd only, 
they'd grown up in a different country and they came to America. So it didn't feel like home to them. That was a huge mm-hmm. time. So really it was around that time that I created the resource and I just started to pray for them. And I said, I'm going to pray for my kids three days. And then I just, you know, adapted it to be something that can be shareable and printable. So prayer is powerful. I know it's like so cliche to say that, but you know, there, there are friendship issues that your kids will come across. You're like, Oh, wow. I'd never had had to deal with that before, you know, or Mm. this is tricky or it doesn't seem like anything I'm saying is helping. And, you know, I think that we just got to go to the Lord and ask him to pour wisdom out and, and just go on behalf of our kids. So yeah, it'll be free and the link will be in the show notes. Oh, good. I've been praying. I'm in a mom and moms in prayer group and we've been praying for our kids friendships since. So we've been together, these group of moms since my oldest was four. And mm-hmm. we, we were, we started, we were praying for it on the playground when they would cry over not being able to make friends. And we're still praying about it now. Yeah. And our, all of us, our oldest are in college. And we like, I mean, you better believe we're praying for our kids' roommates. We're praying that they find their people. We, I mean, we, we cover their relationships in prayer because we also know that, you know, what is it? Bad friends corrupt, you know, well, I mean, there's plenty of company. Yes. Yeah. So like, just read the Proverbs, (laughs) you'll find out what it says about, you know, friendships and so that's, that's real. That's super important. And we have prayed, God, take that person out of my child's life. We have prayed, bring somebody in that'll help them make good decisions, bring mm-hmm. somebody in that they can be a friend to, that they can help, that they could be a leader to. I mean, that is so important for sure. All right. So I'm going to mention two resources. One I already mentioned is Noelle, your friending podcast. It is still out in the cyberspace and on Apple, right? So it's we can on link Apple and Spotify. Yeah. On, yeah. Yeah. So we can link to that. That that's fantastic. I mean, <clears throat> she, I've I'm I'm a big fan of the original, the OG that is not available anymore. She had a friendship for a while with the cast and crew of people, brought it back, breathed new life into it, and had some incredible episodes that I think everybody should listen to. So that's one. And then the second one is a book called Acts of Friendship by the Ruth Experience. And yeah, I think, believe, yeah, you had them on. Did you have them on their podcast? Yeah, I've, they, I've had them on the podcast before. Yeah. But that's a great, it's great. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just real quick. I'll read you the description. It's a one-year daily Acts of Friendship devotional, and it explores what genuine friendship looks like and helps you recognize how God amplifies healthy relationships. And so that's incredible resource just to give you a little bit bite-sized pieces of like how you can have better friendships and then we can pass those lessons on to our daughters. Mm. All right. So that's, that is it for this conversation. Any last thoughts? Anybody? The best way to teach your kids friendship is to be a good friend yourself. That's good. That's That's good. good. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave a review? Besides sharing this episode with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. 
Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. 